I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two Average Girls. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tag Tuesday. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Are you a little sore today? Little sore. I took a couple days off. No, let's just say this. I took three weeks off, let's be real, from Pilates. <laughs> and um, went back a couple days ago. And um, the person who made me sore is sitting next to me and it's not you oh i'm glad you're joining us tanya tanya vickery's with us right now in the tag studios we're glad to have you on oh thank you for having me i'm super excited um if anybody knows anything about me they know that i like to work out i've always had this i've always been that person fitness is important fitness has been important looking good was always I guess the first and foremost for me, I wanted to make sure I looked decent, but really it was, I realized early on when I was a teenager that if I didn't work out, I didn't feel as good. But I hate getting up early in the morning and Tanya's one of the only reasons I even care about getting up early in the morning. I mean, early is like 6 a.m. class. That's freaking early. Very early. I mean, I'm getting up at like 5.15, 5.20. That is... I used to just be like, there's no way in hell I'm doing that. And now I do. So let's start with the Pilates portion of your life, Tanya. You're a Pilates instructor. Yes. How long have you been doing that? I've been teaching coming on about seven years. One of the reasons I wanted Tanya in here, um, I was introduced to Pilates from Anne. Yes, you're uh, welcome. About eight or nine years ago, seven years ago, maybe maybe? seven, about Mm -hmm. seven years ago. I've always had a really bad back issue, right? And I also like to do a little bit of everything. Like I can't stand just, well, first of all, I hate yoga. I I shouldn't say it like that, but I'm just not a proponent of yoga. I've never done, it never really served me well. And so I was looking for something that at the time that I was needing something different, I was doing triathlons. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, you run, bike and swim and it takes a lot out of you. What it wasn't helping me with was my back pain and my core even though I was in decent I was in great shape cardio wise but with all of that beating my body up uh, running and then the whole deal with cycling which was just getting my you know hips and everything just kind of really tight I was struggling when I went to Pilates for the first time the instructors that were there there was two instructors that I just loved Michelle was one of them Mm -hmm. and I loved Michelle because she was great but she was also beautiful Mm -hmm. And her ass was so good, right? <laughs> Remember, we would. She first of all, she looks like um, she looks like Cindy Crawford, and she had a killer body, right? And then she was great, but the owner of the studio was Lisa Blackstock, Lisa Blackstock. Mm-hmm. and I loved. I loved. I was like a disciple. Like I would go. I went five days a week, and it just tur- it changed my life. And that's one of the reasons I wanted Tanya on here wasn't really just to promote Pilates, although I'm a big believer in Pilates, especially for women who think that they can't exercise or they have any issues. As you're getting older, this is one thing that you can continue to do for forever. Oh, I have an 89-year-old currently. See? No. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how, how is she? Tell oh, us. Oh, amazing. If you saw her, you would not think she was a day over 65. What? Yes. How long has she been doing Pilates? For I believe she's only been doing it for about three years now pre-covid so coming after that she had to take a year off but she's back so this would be technically her fourth year but a year off so three years what brought her to pilates in the first place she said that somebody had recommended it to her for a lot of the reasons that denise is talking about is where do i go 
I need to exercise, but I'm not really a person that likes to exercise. So it was something that, and she loves it. Absolutely loves it. What is it about the Pilates method that appeals to women who are both, you know, in their 80s as well as in their 20s and and your whole alignment, your body positivity, the muscle structure, what is it that Pilates does? In my opinion, what I see it do is it allows people and women, to your point, find that they can use their body and the strengths of it in different ways. You're constantly discovering something different because everything we're doing is based on your core, but we're taking the gravity out of everything for the most part. So when you're on the reformer, which Club Pilates and what I teach is specific to reformer Pilates and there's mat Pilates. Reformer Pilates is just taking any mat exercises and then we're creating this resistance with ropes literally and springs which sounds kind it sounds of torturous yes. and scary but it's not no yeah mm-hmm. it's one of the things i love about i loved about pilates and the reason i don't like yoga or that i didn't seem is i felt like there was so much of an exactness and so at first when i started pilates i felt like it was more fun right it had a lot there was always something different there's so many contraptions and i call them contraptions because there's a lot of stuff and just so you know it's not for women only because there's men in our classes more men since covid because i think men are now home working from home so they can get to the pilates studio in the morning beforehand but i love the fact that it's always something different Agreed, the versatility. And they're co- it's called apparatus, but... Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I call it paraphernalia every <laughs> yeah. once in a while. <laughs> right. Because if we're way there better. to have fun, we may as well grab something. But <laughs> yes, the apparatus, I think it makes the classes funner. And even though you're doing similar things, it's a different variation that when you leave, it was something new. It was. And even, I'm saying I'm sore today, but it's not the same kind of sore. If anybody's ever like lifted heavy weights or they've run and you can barely like walk after you go on a run for the very first time after not doing it in a long time, that's not what I'm talking about. There's a secondary set of muscles or there's a really deep muscle that you're using whenever you're doing stuff. So even if I'm like rubbing my leg out because it's a little sore, it's not the same kind of sore. It's so interesting to me. It's not a sore that you can't walk or you feel paralyzed, if that somebody right. can relate to that. Because <laughs> we've all, not. I've never run a triathlon by any means, but I would assume there's a paralyzing point. But no, it's a very, oh, I worked that out and I feel it versus, oh my God, now I can't move. What I found was I was doing these I was doing the swimming, biking, and running, and I was in pretty good shape, but I brought Pilates into the mix, and the body toning was next level. It just completely changed how I felt and looked. I mean, I had never had my stomach look that good. No no longer is that the case right now, but I'm getting back into the swing. Um, but it just made me feel like I had more confidence than anything that I had ever experienced. And that's a big, when I'm working with the women, especially, I would say the terms that I'm using, what I'm trying for them to understand is that their body is, it's pretty. And we need to stand tall and lengthen that neck, open the shoulders. And a lot of women don't ever do that. They don't realize that. But when you're on that reformer and you're in the process of this progressional exercise where you start, again, simplifying it, but then you add to what you learn, you do become taller and you feel prettier, so. You're proud. Absolutely. You, you, one of the things she always says is, girl's proud, 
mm-hmm. which everyone knows what your girls are. But when you say that, I find myself during the day thinking that because how many of us just slouch over when we're at our computers or we're driving and we're all hunched over? If you think about when you're walking in the store, you're getting out of your car, it just changes your outlook really on the day when you become taller and prouder. Absolutely. I've seen women change completely. I mean, it's been amazing. I've seen women start coming where you can, they're wearing the frumpy clothes, the sweats, and six, nine months later, they're wearing, you know, the cute little outfit, and they actually brush their hair, which I'm not one to talk. I don't shower very I mean, often why? if you know me. So. <laughs> I don't wear makeup to the gym yeah, ever. When, when Tanya walked in today, I was like, oh my gosh, you're wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever sees me actually dressed, yeah. I always say. Or so. me. So that, w- that was good. One of the things, I've, I've taken enough classes from Tanya, and the thing that I appreciate about her, and one of the reasons I wanted her to be here was because she's one of those people who are very body conscious. And she's very aware of the mechanics of the human body. And she's able to teach in a way. And I, I asked her about that a little bit. And what did you tell me on Friday about how you've always been very self-aware of who you are and your body and what it does? Absolutely. I'll, I did not realize that there were so many women that were unaware of their body. And I've always been incredibly aware of my body. I'm one of those women. Well, what do you mean that you're that women are unaware of their body? I don't see very many women that come in. Now, people that have been working with me for a while, it certainly changes a little bit. They become more aware. But it is a little shocking to me when I ask. You have to remember, I'm teaching typically 12 people at a time. Yeah. Which is different than most Pilates. Correct. If you go in, and, and a lot of people think that Pilates is too expensive, and that's one of the reasons they can't afford it. The one thing that I think that Club Pilates has done has brought it to the masses. Absolutely. It has given you the opportunity for, it's still not, you know, $99 a month, unlimited. <laughs> it is more expensive than, you know, going out and taking a jog, obviously, or going to a ma- major gym. But you are getting almost, you're getting a group lesson for a really very reasonable price, I think, for what you get. And you're dealing with, though, 12 people. A lot of studios are one to two to three, maybe five people, six people at the max. Club Pilates is 12. Correct. And that's, to me, that's part of that. So if I have a a class of 12 women, as an example, we'll keep the men out of it for the moment, and I ask all of them to put their fingers on their hip bones, it is shocking to me <laughs> that you'll get six women that are touching their sternum or rib cage. What? It's no. A real thing. Yeah. It's it's I'm yeah. just, my mind is blown. Is just so thing. you know, I might have been one of those women. I don't believe it for a second. You know, I was in my 40s before I realized, oh, I need to kind of be aware of what I'm doing here. Which in Pilates, as you know, on the reformer, if you've never seen one, there are straps that you put your hands or your feet in right. different um, portions of the class. So there is an automatic awareness when your feet are in straps hanging over your head that you as 
a human should be kind of aware that your body is now doing that. Right. <laughs> so you're kind of exposing. And yeah. I talk about that in class. For my classes, I can't speak for any instructors. If you don't want anybody to see you, just close your eyes. <laughs> just like, you know, we did when we were little kids. <laughs> if you close your eyes, no, you, one, no one will see you. If you close your eyes, no one can see you. Right. But a lot of that also has to do with them feeling comfortable. Um, I think I say often, especially in one of the studios I teach in Yorba Linda currently quite often, and I say this is Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in here stays in here. Because I do want the women especially to feel safe. I want them to dance or have a fluidity with the machine that they're they are feeling pretty and it is shocking when that happens that people realize that their sternum is not their waist Mm -hmm. and their waist is not their hips Mm -hmm. and those all actually move differently but i i was i have to be honest denise being one of those people (laughs) supposedly i haven't seen it to the extreme she's talking about but there are women that are definitely that extreme. And again, I lived in an oblivion that I thought every woman knew when their cycle was or where their girls were. I, it never <laughs> dawned on me that women had no idea how their body moved. It just never occurred to me. Do you think that part of that is that we as women, there are so many other things in our life that are taking precedent? You know, you have a husband for the most part, or you're in careers. We have children. We have homes to take care of, checkbooks to balance. I mean, we're expected to do a lot. And the last thing that most of us are worried about is ourselves. And I feel like, again, that's why I wanted to have this conversation, which was, do you think that that's one of the reasons why women have such a hard time being aware is because we have been aware of so many other people and things in our lives that the last thing we think about is our body specifically. Well, I mean, think of all the other things. Women always put themselves last, in my opinion, after all of the things that you've named. Mm -hmm. And then body is even, I think, below themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to read a book if they have 10 minutes before they're going to go do something. Exercise. Exercise. We also, I think, have a body shaming issue. Absolutely. And how, how have you seen that kind of maybe grow or change, evolve for women? In the last seven years that you've been teaching, I think, I think the new generation coming up, first of all, they're pretty proud. Um, some Do of them are, but it's a, it's a false proud, in my opinion. I would have to tell you, I have probably, a, probably in Newport Beach, as an example, I have a lot more younger girls but i also have um my my normal age if you will they may look as if they're super proud and confident but but they're not okay that it's a falseness is that a cultural thing what like what is that i think what's false about it oh goodness i think I mean, I'm going to say social pressures. Okay. I don't want to specify social media per se, but how could that not be part of our social? But no one ever feels... That's, I was going to say, I think that might just be human nature and the age of young women. I taught at Chapman University for a long time and it was, I see what you're saying. There's kind of this upfront bravado that is not backed up by anything. It's just sort of, you know, because it needs to be. And then every once in a while, you'll get these gals who are like, wow, she's confident. She's owning it. She understands how the whole thing is working and what her place is. I feel like socially, because we're a puritanical society from the jump, it's not appropriate 
for a woman to know about her body. Go back to that. I beg of you because that... I think you're right. That is the... You worded it so perfectly and I've been searching for years. It is a really interesting thing. I reference it in my classes all the time. I don't know why in North America specifically women are not allowed to feel pretty all the time. Mm -hmm. There's a social um, level of, wow, well, aren't we confident? But yes. if you go, who does she think she is? And it's an interesting dynamic. I, I've been fortunate. I've traveled the world. I've been to 38 different countries. I've it's and I've been in those countries, not just a you know night stay. Mm-hmm. It is shocking to travel the world and see these women that are not that. And it's a little shocking in some cultures that we look down on that those women walk way prouder than we do. Mm-hmm. They are held tall and proud. It's a very, so I agree with you, but I don't know where it stems from necessarily. And I don't know if it's, if it's old and it's just never gone away. I feel like it is because I feel like my issues, which I don't, I mean, I, I don't have like a lot of body shame issues. I never did. But what you were saying about who does she think she is, that conversation came from my mother oh interesting and i think that came from her mother absolutely so i feel like it is a it's a it's a cultural thing handed down from mom to daughter nothing specific about my family but i think i think it's a cultural like it's inappropriate i i I would agree i mean as you guys are talking this through i'm thinking yes those are the things that i see in young women and I see it like it's a generational thing. It is also maybe an expectation that they have of themselves. Interestingly, we consider ourselves in this country very forward thinking. And, you know, really, uh, we were talking about being feminists. And a lot of us feel as if we're somewhat feminists. I mean, I think women have the power to do anything they want to do and should have the ability to do that. But then again, we don't hold ourselves like we really believe that. Right. I would say uh, in the world of Pilates, there's a big difference between somebody who has a lot of confidence in their career family, but they never feel pretty. So where does that bleed over where you are allowed to be all of those things? And Mm -hmm. if you do, what does that mean? And I would say in my classes, I feel and I have watched women actually cry because they break through oh i just got goosebumps myself Uh they break through that moment of when they are on that reformer and they're in this class for the first time in their lives they feel different than they've ever felt before that's what i see pilates do for women and that's probably what i get out of it teaching um, and sometimes I'm feisty, and when people are not doing what I want them to do, you'll know it. When you don't listen to Tanya, <laughs> she will let you know. Right. I appreciate that. Yes. I personally I, do too, but I also, there was a woman in our class today, she was older and she was new. I know that, sweet as can be. She was older. She was, you know, she and she, you could tell that she was not comfortable there. Tanya was so great with her, and one thing that I told her at the end was, you have to really listen. And that's the oh, other. You told the lady that I, yes, uh-huh. because I I remember Lisa getting frustrated with me yeah. because I would get on that reformer and I'm ready to move. Oh, she Ooh, was powering I'm, through. I'm, and, I was used to doing triathlons, yeah. and the faster you go, the better. 
So everything was like, if you're not doing it fast, you must not be doing it well. And it's actually the opposite in right. Pilates. You mm -hmm. have to really concentrate on the smallest adjustment in your shoulders not riding up or your pelvis being tilted. Where's your pelvis? Oh, let me show you. <laughs> right. Would you not say out of an example, I love that you brought up this morning's class. I love that we're sitting here after that. I know. I felt like she left taller and prouder than when she walked in. Absolutely. What she, I think what, what by talking it through with her, she felt like it was okay to be a beginner because it is intimidating. You go in there mm -hmm. and you've never been on a reformer before yeah. and you are in a group with 12 people. So you think you're kind of, anonymous which in most classes i have to say the instructors aren't great at adjustments and change tanya is and that's one of the reasons i love going to her is because i feel like when i leave there i'm getting something out of it so if i do it wrong or i'm maximizing my potential while i'm there you have to ask questions and you have to seek the answer a lot of people don't even know that that's a thing and that is true. And I work really hard for my clients constantly saying, if you're not feeling this, talk to me. Tell me where you are feeling it. Uh, asking for feedback because in my mind, everybody is there for a private lesson. There just happens to be 12 of you in the room. Oh, that's great. So I kind of look at it a little bit different. I do know that everybody works really hard to try and do the tactile cueing and to um, position people. But, but there's certainly going to be people just in, in anything in the industry that somebody's better than others of course. but yeah let's not talk just about pilates let's go to a bigger picture we talk about all the things we shouldn't do but we're not talking about the things we should do to make ourselves healthy enough to fight off some of these things even the common cold right vitamins healthy eating lots of water good stuff positive attitude and exercise well and i think mob mentality I'm yeah. a huge, so we've taken the mob mentality, but in what direction? And Absolutely. I believe in the Pilates studios, and that's one of the reasons that I do like teaching at a club Pilates where we talked about that. The feeling of an energy of 12 people, it's there's really no experience for it. And if it's positive and good energy, it's contagious, similar to a mob. So it's like, it's like going to a CrossFit or some sort of group class. How does a person, man or woman, you're you're 25 pounds overweight or more you have never really exercised you need to be motivated because you want to feel better and do how do we get ourselves motivated for that you wake up one day when you don't want to do it and you go do it for the first time and it's, it's, it takes one time it takes one time in my opinion every it day is one, one time time i i'm not a long-term goal person in the sense of what you're talking about now businesses and other you know life and things like that but when it comes to eating or physical activity those things my entire life it's every day so one day at a time one day at a time is today your one free day but you know that to be true it's one free day not a lifetime of free days <laughs> you know and that's how i've I've always lived and I when people come and say how do you do this or what else you do or whatnot it's one day and I'm a huge believer of never beating yourself up that you didn't go the day before forgiveness and grace absolutely or it never works but make the goals one day one hour 15 minutes right yeah. so and if you get through that you're gonna feel better after and there is there there is a moment that your body goes that really felt good yeah so but you're never going to get it unless you try it one time. And it can be anything. That's my personal opinion. You're a big proponent uh, about um, reinventing yourself. 
and it's not a matter of like here's how I am in my 30s and this is who I'm going to be for the rest of my life you you were saying you can be one way in your 20s and 30s and reinvent yourself in your 40s and 50s 60s all the way through life that's um that's sometimes hard to wrap your head around I mean I don't think most people can do it I I have a hard time with change I've reinvented myself many times so how do you do that I think it's just you you wake up someday and you realize that what you're doing or how you're living is just not what you want to do give us an example oh gosh that's a long list (laughs) (laughs) so we'll start with the easy one Uh, I have not always been a Pilates instructor I uh, had a very great career and job in the medical field I worked for a very large corporation as the executive director for medical services. It was lucrative. I was happy. Corporate. Very corporate environment. Uh, As an example, we did in one day, we did between 47 and 50 surgeries in one single day. Mm -hmm. So that, it was a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had six doctors that reported to me and I had a staff of, I think, 38 in one office and we had 18 offices. Oh my goodness. So, and I came home driving one day and said... I don't want to do this anymore. This is crazy. I'm working 12 or 14 hour days and there has to be a different balance, but am I willing to give up something? And that's the whole thing. I'm a huge proponent of you have, you're never going to have a full balance. There's always something that falls by the wayside. You can't have everything. I don't believe, I personally believe you can have everything at a great level, but the imbalance is, is if you try to make one thing greater than the other or only focus on one. But that's my own personal opinion. But I am like I'm 50 years old. I'm happy to say I'm. She looks amazing. Amazing. Um, I think anybody can reinvent themselves at any age. Mm -hmm. Start a business. Discover something. When you have grandchildren, don't you feel like it reinvents who you are? Yes. It brings out different things. Or I feel like sometimes when you get a new car, I feel like as we (laughs) age, we get funner things. So yeah. And I've seen Pilates. You know, people that have come in at age 80 first time we have an 89 year old in one of the studios right now you would never know she was a day over 65 so yeah she's reinventing herself but yes i i definitely have transitioned i've got an even deeper past than that one prior so just different moments so you went from this corporate career and you said i'm i can't do this for the rest of my life and i'm i I value my life enough that i'm going to change i'm going to do something to did you go and start teaching Pilates after that? I went to school. So I quit my job um, about after I drove home. It was about a month after that. And I I quit my job and then looked into becoming a Pilates instructor. Uh, Lisa, who you mentioned previously that you both had gone to, I had gone and actually taken some of her classes as a student, completely unaware that I was ever going to be an instructor. So she, her, and then there's another girl named Lindsay, who's a master trainer. Both of them are the reason that I became an instructor. Not fight pressure but it was they seem like they're pretty happy and Mm -hmm. when you talk to them it's kind of a a good gig so but what are you willing to give up so I by no means have the same clothes that I had (laughs) I gave up my personal shopper at Neiman's and all of those fun things but again where's the quality and for me that I can go on vacation anytime I want but I don't have as many shoes. So what, right. you know, where's the balance? And that that's just the reality, but. That's so interesting. No one's ever explained it in a way, because I do, I am a big proponent of 
shouting from the mountaintops you cannot have it all we have been sold a bill of goods as women and to you know have that mantra when you're in college girls you can have it all is I think we're doing a huge disservice to many generations and a lot of people disagree with me and are like well you're just not doing it right that might be true I might not be doing it right but I have found I cannot have it all and no one has ever said like you just said you can strike this great balance. You can be happy, but you're going to have to give something up. No one sells it like that. It's true. It's true. You're going to have to give up your corporate salary. You're going to have to give up those benefits that you get from having a corporate job and figure out another way to get health care, you know? But in order to, to find your true happiness or to find whatever your next chapter is, you have to be willing to let go of that. And I think that you can reinvent yourself. So yes, I gave up corporate and money and that part but I also gave up only having two weeks vacation right and that was the incentive and I have that conversation with a lot of people time what what is it worth so for me I wanted the freedom that when I I go on vacation once a month for all of you gasping right now I go somewhere once a month just and don't do it on tuesday and wednesday so, that's right, all exactly. i'm asking so i have the greatest schedule and i'm grateful for it i it's it's a different way of living but it was my choice i gave up something for that freedom right but and some people it's not and they think i'm i hear this all the time you hear you know you hear somebody say oh yeah i love being a, a superstar or whatever blah blah, blah. Uh, but i don't like that people approach me in a store well that's what they gave up so you can right. have that, mm-hmm. but they still had to give something up for it. That's true. So. There's a sacrifice for everything that is worth having. Yeah. There really is. Yeah. You know, motherhood, mm-hmm. a great job. There's something's going to give. No, it is. There's no, yeah. So you went, you're a Pilates instructor, but you also, one of the things I think is awesome and fascinating is that from that job of being a Pilates instructor, you were able to then reinvent myself again reinvent but also just i mean capture a market that was important you saw a need and because of your background probably Mm -hmm. and the confidence you had in doing that you started a new business on top of that correct so tell us about that so i started a a cleaning company that always sounds so archaic and old but (laughs) i started a company that specialized in cleaning the reformers for the Pilates studios and then we've since branched off and become a bigger company so we have um, people that we service from San Diego all the way up into the San Francisco Bay Area and then about an hour south of Sacramento and you're cleaning studios we're cleaning studios and currently we're all within that club Pilates I do have two studios or um, uh, boutique fitness studios that we clean that are not that but we've branched off in the last little bit, so we clean all of the cycle bars, uh, yoga sixes, and pure bar studios. Now, do you have a special um, recipe for the, whatever you're using as cleaner? Not, I don't expect you to give it away, but especially in this post-COVID, current and post-COVID era, Correct. germs are enemy number one. They are. So when COVID hit, that was obviously a huge thing of, again, recalculating. I Same what you're saying, though, is you have to re- reconfigure who you are. Yeah. It's this whole new thing, which all of the owners, anybody that was in fitness had to do a change, reinvent yes. themselves, right. reinvent the studio. So I'm certainly not alone in that. 
But yes, we had to start coming up with a different idea of how do we do this and make it clean where everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We use um, probably the the same cleaner that somebody would use. Um, It has to be safe for the reformers, which everybody, that's a whole thing. thing. You're now talking about apparatus in a yoga studio, the floors that they use, it's a very specific floor. So we can't ruin anything. So yes, the cleaners that we use are all um, CDC certified. Mm -hmm. Everything is what it should be. But then we had to go outside the norm to make sure that we weren't ruining any of the apparatus and equipment that all of those studios are using. But we use a lot of steam. We found that that was a huge thing that was overlooked in the whole process, steam cleaners. So we try to use steam cleaners as much as possible, and they're just as effective. And then we also have a system of there's a difference between cleaning and wiping. So there's uh-huh. a whole, yeah, but I could go on about that. Well, did you approach that? Like, how do you initially get involved with wanting wanting the, the reformer and the studio clean? Were you like, this is grossing me out. I want, I can only make it clean if I'm responsible for making it clean. I started teaching with a very different philosophy than I think most do. And they were my clients. Even though they were the owner's clients and there were seven other instructors, one of the things that I that I have new girls, when I say new girls, new instructors that are kind of new, one of the things they talk to me about is the way that you approach a class is so different than I've seen anybody else do. I approach every class, whether it's one person or 12, as if they're mine. They're paying me personally because that's how I feel about it. Well, I also think that your sense of community mm-hmm. in those boutique fitness areas, if you will, it's a little bit more amplified. I, the the big box fitness groups, I'm sure they have it as well. That's just not something I personally have been very exposed to. But I know for certain, there's actually a class, a group class in one of the other studios. I don't teach that. It is 12 women that have pre-booked that class <laughs> for infinity. Like if you try to get in that class, they meet for their Pilates class and then 12 of them walk to the coffee shop next door and have coffee. This is their normal routine and they all met at Pilates. I love it. So going back to what motivates somebody or how if you're looking for that group, that sense of community and you can't find it, you're, I'm telling you that this is just a different environment. And Club Pilates is a little different as well. The music is not bumping. You can actually look over at your neighbor and actually say something. It's a very different environment that right. it works there. Right. To answer your question circling back, when I was teaching and those were my clients and I saw the reformers and the studio, the cleanliness of the apparatus and the equipment was a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. So I just approached one of the owners that I was teaching for and said, can I please clean these because they need to be cleaned. Did, so, they, did they look at you sort of side eye? Like, what are you doing? It took her three months for me to convince her that <laughs> I actually <laughs> wanted to do it. Because she, in her mind, she was like, you don't want to clean. And I said, yes, I really do want to clean. Are and you passionate took, about cleaning or was it I just this? I probably have a little bit of OCD. My father's very OCD. Okay. Um, I probably have a little bit, but by no means would that have been my driving force. But I, I felt like somebody was coming into my home if you will and i wanted it to be welcoming and that was a big deal for me so the clients that i have now that i've worked with for six years cleaning their studios i mean i get requests for some random stuff because they know that i'm the one that's going to take care of it so it's i'm just now some of the studios you have to remember and this is i have to put this disclaimer out there 
Some studios have classes from five o'clock in the morning until nine or nine thirty at night. Yep. Every hour on the hour. Mm-hmm. So do the it's math, a lot everybody. Of it's a lot of people. So many germs. It we is. wipe it down. I do wipe no, it we down. No, we do. Oh, yes. We They're all wiped down after yeah. every class. Everything is cleaned. But um, depending on how often, I have some studios that my um, my crews are going in twice a week. Uh, we just had a request for somebody that we go in there now three times a week because of the capacity, especially after COVID. So when you're looking at the studio, if it doesn't look great, we may not have been there last week or we may have been there last week, not last night. Right. So there's definitely that difference, which sometimes I'm teaching in a studio that my business is cleaning and I'm taking notes as to what else we need to be doing. I, I don't say this in a boastful way, but the amount of people that approach me and ask what I do for fitness is, it's obscene. Right. Because you well, you walk obscene. through that door and it's like, holy crap, we're not the same species. <laughs> what I tell them is, getting to that is, that it has to be something that you get some, some enjoyment out of. It doesn't matter what it is. Tanya, you look amazing. Mm, thank you. I mean, I'm not trying to embarrass you. But it kind of brings it back to how you did, this isn't just, you work at it. I weighed 165 pounds several, several years ago. Really? really? Yes. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're both a little. Several years ago. <laughs> if you could see Tanya, ago. if we had some We're going to have pictures of. And the yeah. reason that I say that is it's important that people know, yes, I do come from a really great genetic background, right. yada, yada. But. She's got some that, long limbs. That can slide. Um, yes. And that was again. But. I say that because some people think there's always something, oh, well, she was born that way, blah, blah, blah. Um, I certainly have a little bit of that, but you can also be very thin with no toning and no right. effort into it. Well, that's so. the thing. She's very toned and she, how often do you work out? I'm probably on the reformer four days a week. And in fairness, I have a reformer at home. Right. But I also do, uh, stairs is a big thing for me. Mm. That's where I get a lot of pleasure. Which sounds that really sounds nutty, really but crazy. Wait, yeah, what? so I do about pleasure, meaning like the like the stairmaster, or no, you have I a do actual st- stairs for oh. about three to four miles twice a week. <laughs> and you can see like, my face fall off my and, skull and right and I now. Are like, oh, that's why she looks like that. Wait, okay, and so we look like this. hold up. First, let me just ask you this: How tall are you? About five seven. Okay, so you're a little taller than average. Which, well, average. I'm five three. So I mean, what's that? <laughs> Um, okay, so you're five seven. At one point, you were one sixty ish. Yeah. Big okay. Girl. The, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Probably no, no, that no, out. no. We're not <laughs> editing that out. Um, so was that before you sort of started on a real fitness regimen? Correct. Okay. Yes, and it was before she reinvented herself. Before, yes, it was a. It was many years ago, but it okay. was definitely. I point that out because I do want people to know that. It's just not by it's chance. Not, yeah, it's not by chance. It's and not I genetics. People that know me personally, um, my kids, my ex-husband, my current boyfriend, hopefully he'll last forever, um, <laughs> that I work, I do work at it. Yes. It's not, I work at it. But I enjoy it. And I really want to say that, that there's something. Did you always enjoy it though? I, I have for the most part. It's a release for me whether it's 10 minutes and I want to say that if I work out four times a week on the reformer maybe one time it's 50 minutes but another it might only be 10 minutes 
Right. If I do three miles on the stairs, maybe the next time I just do a leisurely walk if I'm not feeling it. But so when you're talking about three to four miles on the stairs on like a really good day, she's still on the stairs. I'm, she, I got to circle back to these yeah. stairs. Are you where? Uh, in Dana Point, there's a community oh. of stairs and incline, and you circle. So I have a particular path that oh. I do. And you want to try it? Between three. Oh, I'll take you. You want to no. go? I have people that go with me. <laughs> well, I have some that don't ever go again. Right. But one time Are only. you running them? No, I'm not you a runner. You walk the stairs? Everything is a walk. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. See, I like this because if you're listening right now and you think, oh, well, she go. I can't. don't even have four days a week that I can do it and I don't have a reformer. Somebody, there's stairs all around us. Well, I used, stadiums. To, I used to do a, a morning boot camp with just some girlfriends of mine. Um, we would get up at five o'clock in the morning and we would go over to this park kind of by my house, El Medina Park, and do stairs, but we were running them. And it was torture. Are you talking about with Leah? It was pure torture. Yes, I was I with know, Leah I Mills and, well. and, and Amy <laughs> Lindquist. Yeah, it was no running. It was pure torture. I'm so not. when you say three to four miles on stairs, I really have to clarify that. It it, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a girlfriend that um, when I can get her to go, but it's it's grueling, but it's good. But it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's amazing. burning your booty. It is. For and sure. I I hold my arms and my hands in a particular posture. Again, I'm a Pilates instructor, so I'm not losing form when I'm doing it. Oh my gosh. See, I'd be like all slumped over. My arms dragging on the ground. If people want to do that, (laughs) then they they need to, posture's a really big deal for me. Oh, fascinating. So yeah, it's a, but I encourage people all the time that either see me or in class approach me after quietly. Always, I, people ask all the time. And for me, it's, just go once somewhere. Try something. And when you say people approach you, you mean about your fit. Like, how do I get fit like you? How do, how do I right. look like you? Let me just preface this yeah. though. I have been there many, many times and she's eating donut holes. This is true. Because there's a Dunkin' Donuts in the parking yeah, there lot. Is. And I always think, I'm glad she's eating that. She deserves to eat it because she looks freaking amazing. In fairness, mm-hmm. I've had this discussion with many people. <laughs> I am not a muffin person. Right. I don't like muffins. I don't eat them. Me either. And I very seldom, even though I like them, eat bagels. But I will eat, funny question, my brother just asked this to me on Sunday. What is your favorite donut? Because if you know me, I'm a donut person. Love them. A plain cake, no glaze, really? no nothing. Nice. And there's not, it's shockingly sweet. It's not oversweet. And it's less calories than a bagel or a muffin or anything else. Just a plain cake. A plain cake donut. Those aren't that easy to find. I'm trying to think about the last time Dunkin I was at. Donuts have got donut holes. Okay. I was at DK Donuts on Chapman just, well, yesterday. And I don't recall seeing those. You went it's to the donut shop? I am a donut aholic. Are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. We're friends. We're friends. We're, <laughs> we are donut yes, friends. I'm a, that's my favorite donut is a plain cake nothing yeah. else interesting yes i even have a couple of the front desk girls that work at the club pilates that now that's their thing <laughs> good so because once you taste it you go you're right this is satisfying and it's not that the the grease and the deep fry obviously is horrible for you the, the part i have problem is that i'd go there and i'd get a big chocolate bar well well then we'll work on it well yeah we'll work on it what is your approach to nutrition are you really very sort of militant well i mean donuts aside 
What is your sort of intake? And I'm a normal eater, but mm-hmm. I do eat a lot of um, sweets. I would be lying if I said I didn't. Sugar is your drug I mean, of choice. If I if I'm eating candy, it'll be a. I'm not a chocolate person, which I think that's a downfall for a lot of people. I just didn't get that. I'm a Swedish fish <laughs> yeah. or candy Gummy. corn mm-hmm. gummies. I'm that mm-hmm. and a handful, and I'm usually pretty satisfied. You'll never ever see me eat an entire bag of anything. That just that doesn't happen. So and then <laughs> food wise. I'm strange. Um, two eggs, two scrambled eggs every morning. I do do yolk in only because I had done a little bit of research, and there's actually nutritional value in the yolk. Right. That actually helps people lose weight, and they forget that when they're eating their egg whites. Oh. And then typically, if I know I'm going to work out, then I eat um, half an English muffin. So that's a typical breakfast for me, but I don't eat until after ten or ten thirty. So uh, fast food. What, no you... fast. I'm not a fast food girl. Very seldom. Okay. If I do, it's rare. That, okay. Dunkin' Donuts. It'd be that would say that donut is probably my only fast food. What about a box of cereal in the front seat of your car? No. Is that a thing? <laughs> That's it is a thing oh, for somebody. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> really? What is your favorite cereal? I'm now intrigued. <laughs> it depends She'll roll on... up and her she's waiting for me and her hand is in the big box of frosted flakes nice. or Captain Crunch it or happens. Fruit Loops. I love it. My favorite cereal right now, I don't know, it's a heritage weird brand omega-3 oh it's oh, yeah <laughs> not normal and then grape nuts would be my second do love grape nuts yeah you can't eat those straight out of the box but grape nuts are really good <laughs> Correct. yeah, and yeah. Then oh, frosted shredded wheats would be my oh, frosted shredded wheats okay. yeah um but i was raised on all the good stuff lucky yeah. charms and all of that but there is no nutritional value in cereal no and people and i will tell you thank you for saying that i there if you look at this the content and the calorie sugar all of it you can pick the healthiest box off raisin bran that you think is healthy and put it next to Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms is actually healthier. Yeah, Good. they're all so. very bad for yeah. you. Good. Yeah. I love me some Lucky Charms. Yes. Listen, no joke. Big so, cereal trying to get. I love over when on I us. hear parents go, "Oh, I only buy." And I, I was not. That was not my thing. No. So no. Count Chocula we is going to be just as nutritious as any of it, right? <laughs> in, in my very, in my very small opinion about it, yes. So, but and otherwise, I love salads. But you're not, you're not going to find me go with light anything. It'll be a normal salad with normal dressing because I like the flavor. You can do that when you work out. That's and one that's, of the reasons I like to work out. In and people have said mentally you shouldn't be working out because of what you want to eat. You should be working you should be not working out to eat you should be eating to work out which I totally agree with a lot of times but I think just that one day that you start that day I bet you you're going to eat better and and that's what I found when I was training for triathlons I used to go get a diet coke and a chocolate bar every single morning literally at DK Donuts I would go in there that was my ritual before I went to work or did anything I started doing triathlons and I realized I cannot perform and I cannot get my body moving and I cannot progress the way I want to with the kind of food I'm eating right now. I could not eat fast food. I could not eat that donut anymore. Diet Coke didn't ever give up that up, but it, it was less and less because the water consumption and all of the other things to replenish my body. I guarantee you, if you just start doing something for yourself, the workout, the food follows, the confidence follows, the way you hold yourself follow. I mean, it just all is so so empowering for you. Right. And I do see that in the studio. 
Yeah. So I, I see that transition. I see women come in again. I've seen women come in with, again, that those frumpy sweats and <laughs> nothing. And six, nine months later, they're holding that head a little taller and maybe they've got a little mascara on. And I really have seen some tremendous transformations where it's given some women their lives back. Yeah. Sense of community. They've met friends that they never would have had before. So there's certainly some conversation about what what does it bring to a whole but i get probably just as much out of it as my clients do i mean they hear me get so excited when i call it performing for me when they can master it and they finally get that teaser or they finally get that pike or they're finally able to come to a chest lift i'm giggling just like a little kid for them for that achievement so um and it sounds silly but it's genuine that's I gave up a career so that I could have this as my career and I get something out of it. I get it. That's mm-hmm. that's very cool. What's next for you? Are you just going to continue the traveling and just sort of, or is there something on the horizon? Um, there, there's always, I'm that girl. I'll reinvent myself again. I just don't <laughs> know what it is. I, I think I know, but I'm not there yet. I'm not fully committed. Yeah. But... But I, it's, it's, stay tuned. Oh, 100%. More to follow. I'm, I'll never be done. I'm all... It's it's too fun to find a new project and play with it and see it grow. That's so, so that's so interesting that you say that because I think there's so many people that are like I'd rather die than have to think about doing something new. Whereas your approach is no, I'm I love what I'm doing right now. What else is there? This reminds me of a quote that one of our other guests Natalie had on the podcast, which is I think she said something to the effect, "My prime is in my future." Meaning, this isn't it, right? Like you always think that what you're doing right here and now is the best it's ever going to get, and it's this is it. You know, I I was 35, and I'm never going to be 35 again, and that was so awesome. But that's okay. Your prime's in your future. Everything you're talking about today reminded me of that. Oh, that's yes. Don't you feel like that? (laughs) I would hope so. I mean, I feel like everybody. I maybe it's generational I know when I talk to my parents sometimes I get defeated for them yes that they think it's over right I'll They're for sure just, and that's I guess this new part the generation we're living in is wait a minute so when this part's done then I get to do what and right. I'm that's just a you are 50 years old you mm-hmm. look like you're 30 something love you i mean that's the <laughs> truth so i mean i think that we have and, and all of us are always looking for that thing that's going to make us feel better look better listen we don't know what's going to happen but we could live to be very old and i want my life to be happy and fun and good and i think exciting. this is i think this is the first generation our parents generation was you go to work from nine to five and at a certain age you retire you get the gold pen they say goodbye and now you're fishing or doing whatever you're doing for the rest of your life i think our generation their children are we've had a whole different world open to us whereas you're you're working from home even before covid my husband gave up his his office rent and opened his office in our home and it was the smartest move we ever made Mm -hmm. and it was unheard of our parents were like "Uh uh-oh 
does this mean you're not doing well? You know, this kind of thing. And it's like, no, actually, it's just the opposite. We're focusing on quality of life and having him be in the home with our newborn son, with his office, able to accomplish stuff, is going to make our quality of life better. And I feel like that is something that's unique to people our age. That wasn't an opportunity that our parents even had. So to say, yeah, my prime is in my future is not something they could ever say they probably couldn't relate to it to your point no so which i i get a big smile because how great is it that now that's what we get to choose yeah because i and i'm going to take full advantage i'm one of those people of wait there's an open lane on the freeway i'm gonna pass everybody (laughs) you know i'm you'll never see me sitting behind a big truck it's just never gonna happen so great analogy yeah i just so yeah i don't know what's next i have ideas but no i'm i'm not done reinventing no i want to look back and know i tried everything so at the end of every episode we ask our guests to give us a tag a takeaway gift something that our audience can maybe use as their own mantra or something that you've used in your life to kind of guide you or direct you or that's made an impression on you do you have a tag for us today i thought about this and it is a hard thing to come up with i would say which it's so cliche and i i feel kind of silly even saying it but live your life truly for you no one else and it's so hard because we want our kids to be happy or our husband to be happy. I will tell you, it is probably the most selfish thing that I've ever done that I'm so grateful for, that for the first time in my life, I had to start thinking about me and I'm a better person for it. So Love it. Live your life for yourself. For yourself. That's so hard. Oh, it is, but it just changes your outlook on everything. Selfish people live longer, they say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. I can see you in morning and in night. Yes, I love that. We're going to be doing planks now. We got to (laughs) go. Thank thank you, Tanya, for coming. It was such a pleasure having you in. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We're Two Average Girls. Thanks for joining us. Be sure and rate, review, subscribe, and follow. And join us on Instagram, Two Average Girls. Facebook. Podcast. Don't forget the Facebook.